Welcome to Signaling God's People with your host, Dennis Beard, talking about the Son of God. Many will say the Word is the Son of God. The Word is the invisible Spirit of God and always has been and always will be the expression office of the Spirit. The Word, the Logos, is the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God, which is Spirit. The Father is the administrative office of the Spirit that we see in 1 John 5, 7. The Holy Ghost is the power office of that same Spirit. There are three various functions or offices of the Spirit, but there is but one Spirit, not three persons, not three different spirits. Obviously, the Word is Spirit. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. There was no flesh there. The Word was the invisible Spirit of God, and in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. When we take a look at that in the first seven Hebrew words, Bereshit, in the beginning, Barah, created, Elohim, that is uh, all that God is and except exists in the eternal spirit of God. Then there is eight, Bereshit Barah, Elohim, eight, the Alav Tav, which is the longest chapter in the word of God, which is a Hebrew ABC theory. Jesus claimed to be that Alav Tav. In the Greek, it's the Alpha and Omega, Revelation 1.8. That's the invisible spirit of God. No flesh there at all and no spirit junior. That is spirit, which there is but one spirit, not two, not three, but only one. Now, with that said, there are many attributes of that one spirit and their functions of that spirit, which just as, for example, I am a preacher. I am also a husband. I am married to my wife of 53 years. I'm also a father. I have two children. I'm also a grandfather. I have grandchildren. There are many different functions there. I also play a keyboard, a piano, and an organ. So I could say I'm a pianist or I'm an organist. There are many functions, but I'm but one person. Well, the same is true with God. The Father of glory is that invisible spirit of God, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit, which is the Father, the administrative office of the one spirit. Then we have the word. Now, many where we jump track and get into error when we say the word is the son of God. The word is the invisible spirit of God. That is always and always has been spirit. We see that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That word with God had not been spoken yet. It was with God. But then he spoke and God said, let there be light. Well, that is the word that created all things. No son of God there. It's the word. The spirit. 
which is one of the self-same spirit, be it Father, Word, or Holy Ghost, as we see in 1 John 5, 7. But many have erred thinking that the Word is the Son of God that was with the Father in the beginning, which is a blatant error. The Word is Spirit. You have a Word. You think it. You can think the Word. You can think Jesus, for example. The Word's with you. As you're thinking Jesus, your Word is with you. That's your thought. But when you speak Jesus, there's not another person comes out. A man's known by his Word. Uh, through the abundance of uh, the heart, the mouth speaketh. A man is known by his word, whether he can uh, uh, be counted with integrity or whether he is uh, deceptive. And that is uh, through the abundance of uh, the thoughts and plan, purpose and will of a singular person, for example, will manifest its action in life, its conversation. As a man thinketh, so is he. Well, that thinking is your word. What you think on is what you will sooner or later confess, because out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A man's life does not consist of the things which he possesses, but it is a sum total of his thoughts and what he premeditates on that will be its outward manifestation in life. Well, God has his thoughts, his purpose, his plan, his will, and God thinks. And in the foreknowledge of God, in the beginning was the Word. That Word is Spirit. It's not Spirit Junior. It's Spirit, the same as he is the Father, the administrative office of the Spirit. So the Word is the expression office of that same Spirit. But it reveals his thought, plan, purpose, and will when he speaks it. And God said, let there be light. Well, me or, me come forth, God said. There in Genesis 1. So, who is that? Well, the seven Hebrew words. Bereshit, Barah, Elohim, Eight, the Aloftah, Hashemayim, Bayert, Hayerts. In the beginning, created God through the Aloftah. Tav, all the attributes of God, from A to Z, the Alpha to the Omega, the Aloth to the Tav, that is the Eight. That is the longest chapter in your Bible, which are the attributes of God, not person. Attributes. There are many attributes of God. And that is wisdom. How daily was his delight. Wisdom speaking in Proverbs 8. Well, that's not another spirit. That is an attribute of that one spirit of God. And wisdom states there, I daily was his delight. And, and wisdom states, uh, I wisdom dwell with prudence. Well, prudence is another attribute of God. With me is understanding. That's another attribute of God. We find in Jeremiah fifty-one fifteen that God created the heaven by his power, wisdom, and his uh, uh, understanding. Three different attributes, 
but not three different persons. And we see that in Genesis 1.26, when God made man in his own image. But he said, let us, uh, plural personal pronoun, make man in our image. True, plural, plural personal pronoun. That is not speaking the Father to the Son of the Holy Ghost. He's addressing his attributes that he is. And that is what we see in Genesis 1.27, the next verse following that. So God made man in his own image, male and female, created he, them, singular, personal pronoun. It lets us see in Isaiah 44.24 that no angel, no spirit junior, that it was God himself that spanned the heaven by myself and the earth alone. God did it. His word is his spirit. That is the same as the Father, as the Holy Ghost, which is the word. We see that in 1 John 5, 7. There's three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost. These three are one. He did not use the Greek word whom. He used the Greek word heis, H-E-I-S, meaning one and the self-same spirit. Not a spirit junior, not another person. Now, with that said, that word, God's plan, purpose, and will, revealed in the expression office of that same spirit, the one spirit of God, is going to be sent. He's going to send his word. And when he does that, then the word will be made flesh. Therefore, the Son of God has a beginning. It's not an eternal sonship. For the Son is the eternal Father, not the eternal Son. Now we see that in Isaiah 9, 5. To us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall rest upon his Shoulder, singular, one shoulder. The only thing that rested upon Jesus' shoulder was the cross. That's the government of God. Now, who is he? And his name shall be called. The very next verse, Isaiah 9, 6. His name shall be called Wonderful, a capital W. That is full of wonder, only used of deity, God himself. Wonderful, Counselor. The mighty God, not the mighty Son of God. The Son of God didn't come in the flesh. The Father came in the flesh. The Word was made flesh. The Holy Ghost, Christ with us, that is, born in the city of David, Christ, the Spirit of God, the Lord, the Lord of glory, manifest in a body of flesh and blood. That's the mystery of godliness, the God life. 1 Timothy 3.16 Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. For God, God himself, was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Not the Son of God come in the flesh. No. God himself manifest in the flesh. Therefore, in Isaiah 7, 14, Ahaz is given a sign. A virgin shall conceive 
and bring forth a son and call his name Emmanuel. God with us. The name, believing on the name of the Son of God, is that revelation. Jesus. Jehovah. Not Jehovah Jr. Jehovah is our salvation. That is the very name Jesus, which is Emmanuel, God with us. There is not and never has been a second person of the Godhead. We have, uh, through the years, through these ecumenical councils and synods, where centuries ago they stated a trinity. And by that, anyone that did not confess the trinity was burned at the stake as a heretic. The truth of the matter is that, that they jumped track and denied the only Lord God. Just as Paul stated in Acts the 20, 20th chapter, verse 29. Now in verse 28, he gives us the blood of the Holy Ghost, the blood of God himself. Take heed to yourselves and over all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseer to feed the church of God which he had purchased with his own blood. That's Holy Ghost blood. That's Jesus. When you preach the name Jesus, you do intend to bring his blood upon us as stated in the book of Acts. But notice the very next verse. He states, immediately after my departure. After, after Paul leaves this world and he departs, time of his departure being at hand, then he says, grievous wolves shall come in among you, among the church, not sparing the flock, speaking perverse things. These are seducing spirits. Oh, they work miracles. They are signs, miracles, and lying wonders. They're not true. And uh, we are warned that in Deuteronomy 13, that if a prophet speaks a thing, and it comes to pass, saying, let us go after other gods, a plurality. A, instead of one spirit, we have one spirit, three persons when there's only one person of God, and that's a deception. Because Jesus is the image of his person. God is invisible. The Word is invisible. That Holy Ghost is invisible. It's all-powerful. It's omnipotent. And that is the omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, everywhere, Spirit of God. But he wants to manifest himself, wants to be seen of his creation. And to do that, he has to have a permanent dwelling, a permanent manifestation, a permanent abode. That's the reason Jesus never revealed his name in the Old Testament, even though there were Christophanies or Theophanies or a manifestation of God temporarily in a burning bush, for example, to Moses or as an angel that wrestled, wrestled with Jacob, with Manoah, Samson's uh, father. There are many different theophanies. But 
It was not a permanent abode. It wasn't a permanent dwelling. The burning bush was not a permanent dwelling, even though Moses there saw the burning bush and turned aside to see this great thing, that the, the bush was there on fire, yet it was not consumed. And God spoke to him, Moses, take off the shoes from off your feet. The ground you stand on is holy. I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of Joseph. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Well, I am that I am did not speak his and give his eternal revealed blood name, God, Jesus, because he had not taken on a permanent abode yet. Well, when he does take on a permanent dwelling, a permanent tabernacle. Then and only then will he place his name there for a permanent, eternal uh, revelation of himself, seen and heard and handled there of God himself, the Father of glory, the Word, as stated in John 1 verse 1. This Word of God, which we have seen and handled of the Word of life. That word uh, there is spirit. There, the word there for us to be literally delivered from the sin of this world, delivered from death. We had to have a kinsman redeemer. He would be made under the law to redeem us that were under the law. Our kinsman redeemer has to be a man of flesh and blood like us. Therefore, God sent his word, and the word was made flesh. Now, in Revelation, we're going to see Jesus states that in this last days, through seals, trumpets, and vows, and the judgments of God, he's going to reveal himself, unveil himself, that we, that in the book of Acts, that was once delivered to the saints, the early church, that there was only one God, one spirit. We see that in Ephesians 4. There is but one body, one spirit, in whom you are called and one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, Father of us all, and in us all. Christ is that Father. That Christ is spirit. First and foremost, it's spirit. We see that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. The Old Testament prophets, prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come to us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them, capital S, deity, God, who is an invisible spirit, all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent, Spirit of God is Christ. That's the foundation of the church. And uh, that Christ would soon come into the world to redeem us that were under the law. That Christ is God manifest, not the Son of God manifest. Emmanuel, God with us. God manifest in the flesh as a permanent abode, a permanent tabernacle to dwell amongst us. Well, he sent his son, and they think that is a, a eternal son that was with the father. 
Think of the word and the son are synonymous, which is a fallacy, which is a gross mistake. Because the word is that word of God, which is the invisible spirit of God, revealing the expression office of that spirit. No flesh, no blood. It's the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Spirit. No flesh there, because that which is spirit is spirit, and that which is flesh is flesh. If I say divine flesh, then that's an oxymoron. That which is flesh is flesh, and that which is spirit is spirit. Therefore, when God sent forth his word, that word would be made flesh, being Emmanuel with us. Well, we take Romans 8, verse 3. In in that what the law could not do, in that it was weak in the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That's considered to be an everlasting son with the father, which is just as much fallacy as thinking that there was a, a son of God that was a fleshly son of God in heaven that was crucified before the foundation of the world. That is uh, the Son of God that in God's Logos was crucified from the foundation of the world. But there was not a flesh and blood lamb in heaven. It was in God's predetermined plan. It was in his word, his thought, plan, purpose, and will. And God, not subject to time or space, knew all things that were to be from the end to the beginning, the beginning to the end. Therefore, said the Son of God was crucified from uh, the foundation of the world, slain from the foundation of the world in God's plan, Logos. Not physically, because he had to come into this world. So, at that time, when it said God sent forth his Son, how? Spirit Senior made Spirit Junior and said, Spirit Junior, go down and die for the sin of the world? Absolutely not. There is no Spirit Junior. How did God then send forth his son? Well, Galatians 4 verse 4 tells us how. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son made of a woman. Made in under the law, not above the law, and under the law, to redeem us that were under the law. In those days, he had humbled himself, the Spirit of God, the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, God himself, being that in the form of God, Jesus Christ, Spirit, Spirit only, not Spirit Junior, not God Junior, but God himself, Philippians 2, 6 through 8, made himself of no reputation. Now, Jesus, who being in the form of God's spirit, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, not made equal. No one's equal with God except God himself. Many attributes of God, love, power, wisdom, 
prudence, understanding, peace. All of these are attributes, not persons. And Jesus is that spirit. He always has been that spirit and will always be that spirit. But he wanted to redeem us. In order to do that, God himself looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. He had to have a kinsman redeemer. He had to have a man because a man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. Not spirit, only a man. So how does he do it? Well, in Romans 5, by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. Now, who is that servant? That you may know, God said that you are my witnesses. You are my witnesses. Thus saith the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, that you may know and believe me and understand. Understand what? The knowledge of God, who he is, the Godhead, to know him in who he is, in his person, and in the last days, his work. And what is that? Isaiah 43.10 tells us very explicitly. You are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord. That's the invisible spirit of God, the Father of glory, the Word, the Holy Ghost, that invisible spirit of God that is omnipotent, the Almighty God, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, everywhere. That's the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And he says, you are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, God himself, and my servant whom I have chosen. Now, truly, in the natural mind, there seems that there would be two, two distinct persons. But that's not what God said. And this comes by revelation from God himself. No man can redeem it or uh, can conceive it except it be revealed of God. God had to redeem us, but he looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation to himself. God, who is Christ, was in Christ, the man, not a separate, not a separate uh, Christ, but Christ the Spirit was in Christ the man. That's the Messiah who is God manifest. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Well, God had to have a man because a man lost it. Only a man could redeem us back. Therefore, God said in Isaiah 59, 16, Isaiah 63, 5, that I looked for a man, God said, but I could find none. Well, all had sinned and come short of the glory of God, conceived in sin, Shaping an iniquity, none good, no, not one. Therefore, God said, my own arm brought salvation to me, to myself. God made himself a body of flesh and blood. It's his own body. It's God manifest. It's Emmanuel, God with us. And he revealed his name, Jesus. Jehovah is salvation, not Jehovah Jr. Not God Jr. Jehovah God Almighty is our salvation. He states that. In Isaiah 43.10, you are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, the invisible spirit of God that is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, and my servant whom I have chosen. Well, that sounds, if he chose him, sounds like 
it's another person. Well, to the natural mind, that's the way it seems, but there's a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Let's see what God said. That you may know, believe me, and understand that I am he. He is that servant. And then he goes on and explains, before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now that I am God, thy Redeemer, the Lord, thy Savior, the Holy One of Israel. That's what God is doing now through judgments being in the world. It's revealing through judgments in the earth that men will learn righteousness, who he is. And that is the last book in the word of God, the revelation of Jesus Christ. That he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty, Revelation 1.8. And all will know him from the least to the greatest. And the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as waters cover the seas. But God's doing it now, and we must understand and have that revelation of Jesus in order to be saved. Now, in the fullness of time, God did send forth his Son. And what the law could not do, in that it was weak in the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin of the flesh. How did he send his son? Well, the spirit senior didn't say spirit junior, go down and die for the sin of the world. No scripture for that. Well, how did he do it? Well, it was in God's logos. The Lamb of God was slain for the foundation of the world. But it was in God's plan. How did he send his son? The word. He sent his word. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, tabernacled among us. That was a permanent house, a permanent tabernacle, a permanent abode, and revealed his name, the blood name, the only revealed name of God. Manifest is Jesus, Jehovah's salvation, not Jehovah Jr. And that's where it's being revealed now to the people that do know their God and have this revelation of Jesus, the true Christ, and the doctrine of Christ are coming out of false trinity doctrine in one God with three persons into one God, one person. Because they realize that Christ is that spirit that made himself a body of flesh and blood, which is Christ the man to suffer. That's 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. The Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come to us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them. When it signified, when it testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. The sufferings of Christ is not Christ Jr. Christ the Spirit is Christ the man. That's what the Lord Jesus that's what God Almighty, the Lord, uh, Jehovah, Elohim himself is saying there in Isaiah 43.10. You are my witnesses. Thus saith the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the invisible spirit of God, almighty, all-knowing, omnipresent spirit of God, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand I am he. The Lord says, I am that servant. 
Then he explains how. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. The man, Christ Jesus, is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. It's not a spirit junior. The Son of God's not a second person of the Godhead, but is the Father revealed, as we see in Isaiah 9, 6. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, not the Mighty Son of God, the Mighty God. Who is he? The Everlasting Father. Where have you missed it? We call him the Everlasting Son. Not realizing he is the Everlasting Father, because a Son of God states my Father is greater than I. The Son of God states that the things concerning me have an end. There's no end to God. He's talking about the flesh. The flesh that he is in, in his humiliated state. What do you mean by the humble state? Well, Jesus, who being in the form of God, Philippians 2, 6 through 8. The form is spirit. God is a spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So, Jesus, who being in the form of God's spirit, the Father of glory, the Word, the Holy Ghost, there, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, not made equal, be equal, because he is every attribute of God. Every attribute from wisdom, power, understanding, peace, everything God is, Jesus states there that he is, thought it not robbery to be equal with everything that God is in all of his attributes, but made himself, the self of God, of no reputation. Not one attribute did he carry into his humiliation. He made himself of no reputation. That's a kenosis. Emptied out of glory and a self-imposed limitation upon himself. Why? He can't work it as spirit. Because a man lost it, only a man can redeem us back. You see that in Romans 5. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world. Death by sin, therefore by one man shall my servant make many righteous. Who is that servant? God said, I am that servant. Isaiah 43, 10. Before me there was no God for him, neither shall be after me. God is that servant. Not God Jr., not the Son of God, but God himself, the Father of glory. And that is what Jesus states in John 10, 30. I, there the Son of God, and my Father, the Spirit of God, the invisible Spirit, are one. Not in a union, but heis, H-E-I-S, the Greek word meaning one of the very self-same Spirit. In other words, the Son of God is the Father revealed. The Father's the invisible Spirit. The Son of God is that Spirit, Father revealed. Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. There, when a person says the, that the word, the Son of God, came in the flesh, they have lied and said and there's a second person of the Godhead, which is a total lie. The word, God himself, was made flesh. We behold his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Look at John 1, 18. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son. That's the monogamous Yule. The only begotten God, monogamous Theos, is the only begotten one, monogamous Yaquid, 
one and the same. All are correct. Because God begotten himself a body of flesh and blood. And it says in Isaiah 43.10, Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. God formed himself that body. As our Savior, our Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Well, there's only one God, the blessed and only potentate. Who is that? Jesus Christ. So when they say the Word is the Son of God, no, that is the Word made flesh is the Son of God. In his humiliation, he was a man just like us to redeem us that were made and under the law. He came and under his own law. And that's how God sent forth his son. Spirit Senior didn't say, Spirit Junior, go down and die for the sin of the world. That's a lie. Well, how did he do it? Well, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. And his predetermined counsel, the will of God, the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God, the son was sent how? Spirit saying to Spirit Senior, saying to Spirit Junior, go down and die for the sin of the world? No. Absolutely not. Well, then how? Galatians 4 verse 4 tells us that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? Made of a woman. Made and under the law to redeem us under, that were under the law. Galatians 4 verse 4 and 5. Well, that is exactly what John states. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God the same was in the beginning with God. That spirit, that's not Spirit Junior, that's spirit. We see that in 1 John 5, 7. There's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one and the same. They are one. Well, and all things were made by him. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. All things were made with Jesus Christ, whether it be thrones, principalities, powers, things visible, invisible, seen, unseen, all things were made by him. How? And God said, it wasn't a, a spirit junior. And God said, let there be light. Well, it's one of the same spirit. But there's a day that spirit's going to be made manifest. That invisible spirit of God, the word, the father, that Holy Ghost is going to be made visible. And when it, when it does, and when it's manifested, and it's unveiled in a permanent tabernacle, then and only then will God place his eternal name there the reveal name of God, the blood name of God, the salvation name of God. Jehovah is my salvation, Jesus. And only then will we see the blood name of God Almighty, or as often as you do intend to preach this man's name, you don't intend, you do intend to bring his blood upon us, the book of Acts tells us. So the word is the word, the invisible spirit of God. The Word made flesh is the Son of God. The Son of God has an end. What? To the flesh. In the humiliation, the humble state of the Spirit himself to become a man. We find in Hebrews 2, For as much then the children are partakers of flesh and blood. He, God himself likewise, took part of the same. Not the Son of God. God himself, that in all things he was made like unto his brethren. And we find he was tempted at all points, 
like as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15. There in the days of his flesh, he's made in under the law with no attributes. He has to show us the way, the truth, and the life. The word of God is daily his delight. We see it in the crucifixion psalm. What Jesus did to grow in favor with God and man. And only at age 30 can he come into his priesthood because as a man, he's keeping his own law. He's made an under that law. He's still the spirit of God, but that's been made of no reputation. It's been made in a self-imposed limitation that he will not work his spirit. Why? Because a man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. Not spirit but a man like you and me made it under the law. So Jesus makes himself a body of flesh and blood in under the law, Galatians 4 verse 4. And uh, when he does, he is keeping his law as a man. He has to grow in favor with God and man as a man uh, that spirit that he is is empty out of, out of glory. He's not working his spirit. He makes a self-imposed limitation upon himself, made himself of no reputation. Philippians 2, 6. Therefore, your God, Almighty, the Father of glory, loved you so much that he took on a body of flesh and blood, made it under the law to suffer, die, and be raised again, and go back to his former glory as the Father. Glorified by the Father's own self. That's your God that loved you that much. Hereby perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us. 1 John 3.16 Therefore we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Who is he? Well, in the days of his flesh, he was a man just like us. He's tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. Spirit of God can't be tempted. Yet the Son of God, in his humiliated state as a man, made and under the law, is tempted at all points like as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15. And he can't start working as our high priest until age 30. We see that in Numbers 4, that the high priest takes his office at age 30. Jesus, then being under the law, cannot begin his ministry until age 30. And he goes to be baptized of John in the Jordan. And when he does, immediately, straightway out of the water, the heavens are open to him. Then the Holy Ghost, in shape, in the form of a dove, comes down and abides on Jesus as they sign to John the Baptist that he is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. On who he sees, the dove uh, descending on Jesus, that he is that Lamb of God. That spirit that is latent in Jesus because when Jesus is conceived in the womb of Mary, God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. He has the spirit of God without measure. But it's not going to be used or worked as spirit until he's able as a man to fulfill the law and become our high priest. And then and only then, Jesus then will crucify his flesh with the affections and the lust, making the captive of our salvations perfect through sufferings, having learned obedience by the things which he suffered, showing us the way, the truth, and life. 
that as he suffered, we are to arm ourselves with the same mind. For he that is suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, seeing that Jesus Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, 1 Peter 4, 1. There, we're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. We have to crucify our flesh with the affections and the lust, called sanctification, both spirit, soul, and body, in order to be pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ and do as he did there, walk in the light as he's in the light. He's our example. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And the life. There's no other life except in him. The word is the word. The word made flesh is the son of God. The son of God did not come down and a body of flesh. The father did. And that's what Jesus stated. In John 14, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He goes and says, in my father's house are many mansions. We're not so, I would have told you, I got to prepare a place for you. That where I am there, you may be also. Whether I go, you know, in the way, you know, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether I go, how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh through the Father, but by me. From henceforth, you both know him and have seen him. Not the Son of God, the Father. Mm. Now, Philip hears this and said, Lord, show us the Father. And that suffices us. That'll be sufficient. Show us the Father. We know you're the Son of God, but who is the Father? Jesus stated, Have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. He is the Father manifest in the flesh, God manifest in the flesh. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. The words that I speak, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me houses permanently in me. He's the one doing the works. <laughs> the Father that dwelleth in me houses permanently in me. He's the one doing the works. What works? The works of God. Jesus healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils, opened blind eyes, loosed the dumb tongue, the lame walk, and kept it, went free. Blessed is he, whomsoever is not offended in me. Not in us, in me. Because there's only one me. There's only one spirit of God. There's only one son of God, the father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. And that's what many ministers throughout the world now are receiving in the true gospel, in the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of Christ that he is the father of glory, manifest in the days of his flesh as Christ, the son of God, the father revealed, not a second person of the Godhead. And we state that. Jesus stated that. We preach the same thing and believe uh, on the testimony that God gave of his son. Jesus stated, he that believeth on me, believeth not on me, but on the father that sent me. Why? Because he is the father sent into the world, the word made flesh, who is the father of glory, Emmanuel, God with us. And that's what 
is taking the world where they're coming out of false trinity doctrine by, I don't want to say the thousands in Africa and India. Right now, there's over a thousand uh, ministers there that have contacted us as we've been going in, in uh, uh, mission trips since 2012. There's well over that now that have left the doctrine of the Trinity into the true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ, who is one. The greatest commandment of all, Mark 12, 29. What's the first commandment? What's the dominant commandment? Describe as Jesus. And Jesus stated, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall live, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and might. The second is like it. Like unto it, love your neighbors yourself. From this hang all the law and the prophets. We have to know who he is. The revelation of Jesus Christ will reveal that he is the only true God in eternal life, that he is the Father of glory, the everlasting God Almighty, the Father. That's the whole, that's the whole meaning of the last book in our Bible, the Word of God, in the revelation of Jesus Christ, that he is the Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. There is not another. The Son of God is the Father revealed. The Son of God is not the Son of God come in the flesh. The Son of God is the Father come in the flesh. The Word made flesh. And in the days of his flesh, in that humiliated, humble state, he fulfilled the law as a man. God that had emptied out and made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory, not to work as spirit, came under the law to work as a man. After he completed and fulfilled the law in every aspect, then he takes the ordinances of that law and nails it to his cross. Breaking down the middle wall of partition in God's own body of flesh and blood. His Holy Ghost blood. And that's what Paul stated in Acts 20, 28. Take heed to yourselves and over all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. It's God's own blood. You'll see it in Isaiah 43, 10, Philippians 2, 6 through 8. There's not another. Jesus stated that when the Pharisees came to him and they asked him, where is your father? John 8, 13 to... Uh, John 8, 27, Jesus said in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, you'll die in your sin. We must believe that he is the father. The son of God is the father revealed. That's the bottom line in the mystery of God and the father and of Christ in whom are hid all treasures, wisdom, and knowledge. That is now being revealed and ministers are coming into it by the hundreds of, and literally over the thousands now that are receiving the true gospel, the true Christ, the eternal God Almighty, Jesus Christ. And that was saying the word is the Son of God is a fallacy. The word is the invisible spirit of God. The word made flesh is the Son of God. The Father revealed in a body of flesh is the Son of God. The Holy Ghost revealed in a body of flesh is the Son of God. But then when Jesus, as a man, offers himself upon the cross as a free will offering, and he stated there in John 2, 19, destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up. No man can raise up his own body from the dead, except he be God, of which there's only one spirit. 
The Jews said 40 and six years were they in building this temple. You're going to raise it up in three days? Jesus spake of the temple of his body. There, he's declared to be the son of God through the spirit by the resurrection from the dead. There, the son of God in his humiliation is the father revealed in a body of flesh and blood, the word made flesh. The son of God is the word made flesh. Not just the word, the word made flesh. But now in his glorification, he broke down the middle wall of partition, the law, thereby, thereby making peace. One new man, that man is the quickening spirit. We see it in 1 Corinthians 15, 45. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit, Jesus Christ. And we see the Lord is that spirit, 2 Corinthians 3, 17. When Jesus came out of the tomb, resurrected, he said, all power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. That did not leave the Father powerless. He's glorified by the Father's own self, John 17, 5. And Acts 2, 36. Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that same Jesus, whom you crucified, the man, God hath made him, both Lord, that's Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ the Spirit of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's Lord in Christ. Who is he? Well, God is the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. He is that Spirit. Well, who's Jesus now? Who is he? Well, he's death, burial, and resurrected. But he went back to the Father, not around him, not beside him. He went back to the Father, glorified with the Father's own self. John 17, 5, first, that revelation uh, 321, to him that overcome will I grant to sit with me in my throne, Jesus said. But where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, not S-I-T, in a position set, but S-E-T, forever settled, always has been, always will be God. Even as I overcame, Jesus said, and am set, S-E-T, down with my father, in his throne, all power in heaven that's given to him. That is Jesus, the blessed and only potentate. That's a capital P, the omnipotent. That's the omniscient. That's the omnipresent spirit of God. First Timothy 6.15. There he is, that omnipotent, blessed and only potentate, who only hath immortality. Dwelling in the light which no other man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. To say that the Son of God has come in the flesh is to deny the Father of glory. It is to deny the mystery of God and the Father of Christ. And it's not the doctrine of Christ. The doctrine of Christ is Christ is the Spirit that made himself a body of flesh and blood as a man. And then it behooved Christ to suffer the man and that he should die, death, burial, and resurrection, and uh, be raised from the dead, and that repentance and remission of sins be preached in his name, the blood name, God Almighty. That's Christ. Luke tells us that. And that is repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, the blood name of God Almighty, the only redemption name of God, or there's no other name 
under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved, Acts 4.12. That is the true God and eternal life, the doctrine of Christ, which needs to be taught in all denominal churches in the world. And that has been a great omission. We haven't taught Christ because very few have the revelation of Christ. Christ is the spirit. Christ is the man. And they're one and the same. One, Christ the man, in the days of his flesh, is his humiliation, where he made himself of no reputation. But did he stay there? No. He went back to glorify for the Father's own self, wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name as above every name, that the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, to the glory of the Father. And that is the true Christ. If any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. 2 John 9. 1 John 2, 22. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Father of glory, that he is that Father. How do you know that? Because 1 John 2, 22 tells us that. Who is a liar but he denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He's Antichrist that hath denied both the Father and the Son. Why? Because Christ is the Father, the invisible Spirit of God. And he's denied the Son. Why? Because the Son of God is the Father revealed. The Son of God is not the Son of God revealed. The Son of God is the Father revealed. And they have not so learned Christ and being established in that doctrine of Christ. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Word. Christ is the Holy Ghost. Christ in you, the hope of glory, is the Father. There's one body, one spirit, in whom we're calling, one hope of our calling, more Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, Father of us all and in us all. That's the Spirit of God. That's the true doctrine of Christ. Let's keep ourselves from idols. The Son of God is come. Why? Because he's been glorified for the Father's own self. He is that Holy Ghost. Jesus, in the days of his flesh, in his humiliation, said, I'll pray the Father send you another comforter because he's one of us being tempted like as we are yet without sin. Said, I'll pray the Father send us another comforter, send you another comforter, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. What Jesus is talking about is glorification when he's glorified back with the Father's own self, the Holy Ghost, the Father of glory coming in us. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Glorified with what? The Father's own self, the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, God, the Spirit himself. That now Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Jesus is that spirit. That's the doctrine of Christ. And that's the mystery of God and the Father of Christ now being revealed to all the world uh, that many ministers are coming to the real Jesus, the true Christ, the eternal God Almighty, the Father, which is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, glorified back to that of the Father. We see that in Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the spirit of his son because the son is that spirit. He's been glorified with the father's own self. That's the spirit of God. Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the spirit 
of his Son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. There's only one Spirit there. Well, there's the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ, that we are to give him the full assurance and understanding of that in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. Paul states it. The mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. Well, God is the Father. Father is God. But we don't realize that Christ is the Father who revealed himself in the body of flesh and blood as the Son. That's a mystery of God and the Father and of Christ in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. What was hid? Well, the Father was. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of Godhead bodily. So in John 16, Jesus said, I will no more speak to you in Proverbs. I'll show you plainly the Father. And at that day, you ask in my name, and I'll say not, I'll pray the Father for you. Why? Because he's glorified with the Father's own self. He is the Father of glory, always has been, always will be. That spirit. The Lord is that spirit, 2 Corinthians 3.17. That's the doctrine of Christ. That's what God is calling all of us out of false doctrine into these seducing spirits and doctrines of devils into the true God and eternal life. We find there's only one way to try the spirits to see whether they are of God or not in the true doctrine of Christ. 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4 tells us how. John says there's many false prophets entered to the world. Hereby try you the spirits whether they are of God or not. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, that spirit of God, is come in the flesh, not has come, is come. That's a present imperfect tense, still coming in the flesh and still being revealed in flesh in the body of Christ is of God. He that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, is that Father of glory, is the Spirit, is the Holy Ghost, is not of God and is that Spirit of Antichrist, which John said was already in the world. That's to hold on to the true doctrine of Christ. God is bore witness with your spirit. It's the truth. We'd love to work with you in the true gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of God, the gospel of Christ, the true Jesus, the true and real Jesus Christ in that revelation. Well, give us a call. We want to hear from you and work together with you. My country code is plus one, 903-746-4885. Leave a message. I'll get right back to you because I look forward to meeting you. Again, country code plus one, 903-746-4885. Leave a message. I'll get right back to you and look forward to working with you in the ministry of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the God Almighty, the blessed and only potate, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit, Jesus Christ. There we pray for each one of us to be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, for God to perfect that, perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.